coming up. When you're in the arms and under the care of the Father, the Father is protecting you from yourself. When he left the protection of the Father, all of a sudden, he didn't know how to handle the stuff that he had asked for. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I learned some things in my life. That God can do more. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It's a new year, and while you might be working on keeping those resolutions so you can have the good life you've been longing for, Pastor Robert wants us to examine our thoughts and beliefs on what we call good. Join us for this challenging message series, Living the Good Life. Here's the fourth message in the series, A Prodigal's Journey. So today makes part four of our message series, Living the Good Life. In part one, we talked about Psalm of David, when David was on the run from Saul, and, and we unpacked some things relative to that, and we looked at some requirements for the good life. And then in part two, um, we took a look at Moses' command to the children of Israel before they entered the promised land for which God had promised them a good life, that he gave them some warnings and stuff, and we heard from the voice of the good life. And the voice of the good life told us how you can locate um, the good life. Where the good life is, we found that the good life lies, that God is involved in the good life, and the good life lives in God's commandments. That's where it lives. And then in part three, we looked at a story Jesus told um, about someone who was living what the world would call good life and someone who had lived was living what the world would not call the good life. But we found out that after they died that the one who had been living what would be called the good life by the world ended up in hell. And the one who had not been living the life that the world would call the good life ended up um, in, the, in the presence, uh, in the good place. And in Abraham's bosoms, the Bible says, and we unpack that a little bit. So today, today I want to talk about another story about a person who was in pursuit of the good life. And it didn't turn out quite like they had hoped. <laughs> and so we want to get some things from this. And this story comes, and we're going to talk about part of the story, but this story comes on the heels of the Pharisees criticizing Jesus for uh, spending time hanging out and eating with sinners. And Jesus began to tell them uh, three parables. He told them three parables that was relative to things being lost. He talked about the, someone who loses a sheep. He has a hundred sheep. And he, if he lose one, Jesus said, wouldn't he leave the 99 that are in, in safe place and go get the one he lost? And then he talked about a woman who had 10 silver coins who lost one of her coins. And wouldn't she just rip the house apart to find that coin? And then he went on and talked about 
the lost son, which is the popular story, the prodigal son. And so we want to look at part of the prodigal son story to get some more information about the good life. So on your outline, A, write this down. Lessons from someone who selfishly sought the good life. Lessons from someone who selfishly sought the good life. And number one, the first lesson is, my father is very generous. My father is very generous. Luke 15, 11, and 12 says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. So I'm going to pause for a minute there and make sure you're tracking with me. Jesus says to illustrate the point further. Well, what point is he talking about? He's talking about the point in which what you would do if you lost something that was valuable. That's the point. You lose something valuable. What do you do? And Jesus was trying to communicate to that them, as I said earlier, about the lost sheep, the lost coin. Now here's the lost son. And he says there's something people do when they lose something valuable. And it goes on. He says a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate. All right, let's just stop a little bit. I don't want y'all to miss this. <laughs> All right? The son, the youngest of the sons, comes to his father and says, I. You know, it's like, I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid, anytime <laughs> I said I to my mama, you know, it was like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I want to, my mom was quick to tell me no before she even heard, before she even heard the rest of my requests. It was no, it was, it was no first. It first used to bother me, but then I figured out that's like her, ref, her default. It was a reflex. Anytime her kids asked us, no, no, no was the first thing. She would just say no. You know, and it's like, you know, I say, mom, but I didn't finish. No. Anyway. And so, <laughs> but then I learned, you know, that that was her default. And if I, you know, turn my charm on a little bit, that no can turn into a maybe. And then I turned the charm on a little bit more, then the no turned into a okay. Just be back by a certain time, you know, kind of thing. So here the, the, the son says, I want my share of your estate. He says, I want it now before you die. <laughs> Ain't that something? Ain't that some gumption? <laughs> he had the audacity to ask his father for his inheritance, his father's, of his father's stuff, and his father ain't even dead yet. But that's what he did. You see how the father is generous? Is that not? Look, look what the text goes on and says. It says the next sentence, so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Is that not generosity? 
Okay. He gave him something that was typically given after death. He gave it to him while he was still alive. The father was generous. Okay. This is a lesson that the son learned. And this is a lesson that we ought to learn, that the father is generous. He's very generous. Notice how the son was only thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about his father. He wasn't, thinking, he wasn't even thinking about his brother. He was thinking about himself. He said, I want my portion of your inheritance before you die. And it's something how the father gave it to him. He gave it to him. You see, God won't force us to do the right things. He's not going to force us to do what's right. He allow us to make decisions. And the father in the story here, his son wanted it, he gave it to him. It was a generous move, and he didn't, want to, he didn't force him to do the right thing. First Chronicles 29, 14, um, it says, and this is David talking when he was gathering the materials to build the great temple for the Lord. Um, and he wasn't going to build it. His son Solomon was going to build it, but he was gathering the materials. And so David said this, because they had gathered way more than they needed. And even after they had enough what they needed, they gave even more on top of that. And so David says here, 1 Chronicles 29, 14, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? So David says, we're, Lord, we're giving to your effort of building a temple for you more than you, it even requires to build it. And David says, I am blessed. I feel honored to just to be able to give to it. He says, not only are we giving to it, but we're giving generously to it. And he says, and who are we to be able to do that? And then he goes on and says, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So David says, I'm giving generously to you, Lord, but I'm only giving you your own stuff because you gave it all to us anyway. And I'm just giving you what you already gave. That was David's attitude of being generous. And the only reason that David could be generous is because God had been generous to him. And the same is true for all of us. The only way that we can demonstrate generosity is because God has been generous to us. And God has been generous to us all. The second lesson, number two, write this down um, from this selfish young man. Uh, my father protects me from myself. My father protects me from myself. The story goes on in Luke 15, 13, and it says, and so after the father had said, yes, I'll give you uh, 
your inheritance. He says, a few days, it says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. Y'all see what happened there? <laughs> he went to his father, asked for everything, his inheritance. Father gives it to him. And a few days later, he hit the road. He was gone. And not long after that, it, it was gone. <laughs> he, he was gone, and then all, his, all the stuff, he, all the money he was given was gone. And it happened quickly. So the lesson that is to be learned here is that he had lived all these years with his father and, and never had been to the place of being flat broke. That's because when you're in the arms and under the care of the father, the father is protecting you from yourself. When he left the protection of the father, all of a sudden, he didn't know how to handle the stuff that he had asked for. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I learned some things in my life. You know, sometimes we say, um, and you may have heard it said that, and you may have even said it, that I, I can't afford to tithe. Um, but I learned in my life that God can do more with the 90% than I can do with the whole 100. That's what I learned. <laughs> and I'm hoping that you've learned that lesson or are learning that lesson too. That God can do more. And besides, we just discussed that God is generous. And it all belongs to God anyway. So you might as well tithe. And the truth is, while we say we can't afford to tithe, the real truth is we really can't afford not to tithe. Because God is generous. The third lesson that we can learn from the story is sometimes when it rains, y'all can finish it. It pours. You got it. Sometimes when it rains, it pours. Look what happened in this young man's life. Luke 15, 14. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. Y'all been there? You been there that just right when it got bad, it got worse? And it, and it seemed like sometime it, 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 they just like come together. So the text says that right when, about the time he spent all his money, all of a sudden the economy just went foosh. It was a famine in the land. It was a famine. And so this young man is learning since he's away from his father that sometime when it rains, it pours. Uh, on, a, on a lighter note, you know, sometimes, you know, right when, you know, you, you in a hurry to get somewhere, it seems like that's when the traffic gets bad. It seems like that's when all the lights turn red. It seems like that's when <laughs> the slow drivers slow show up. Right? <laughs> And, and, it, and it's like, but the truth is, it really ain't none of the, it ain't the, it ain't the stoplight fault. It ain't the slow driver's fault. It's your fault. 
I know I've been there. It's been my fault sometimes. I had to tell myself, you know, uh, just relax. It's all on you. If you had left here, left earlier, you wouldn't have this problem, Robert. <laughs> you know, and I just have to relax and just like just get settled in. I'm gonna be late. I'm just gonna be late, and it's my fault that I'm late. It's not the rest of the drivers on the road. That's the problem. It, it's me, Robert. Look, just look in your look in the mirror. Look, look. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> it's you. It's you. And I don't know about y'all. And then when it when it don't happen, and I'm 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 pushing for time. And when I get the green light, I say I, I roll through the intersection, saying thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, that's what I do. I don't know about y'all. And then I hit another green one. I say, oh, thank you, Lord. And then I get to the freeway, and it's like, oh, look a little clear today. Thank you, Lord. That's just God's mercy. <laughs> God's mercy. But we've learned. We live long enough to experience that sometimes when it rains, it pours. The fourth lesson uh, that we learn from this story is some relationships seem helpful, but they really keep me down. Some relationships seem helpful, but they really keep me down. Luke 15, 15 says, uh, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. So there's the famine, right? He spent all his money. He's starving. And he goes to a local farmer in this far land he went to. And he had to persuade the farmer to let him work and feed his pigs. Yeah, y'all, are y'all 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 catching this? It, it it he had to convince the farmer to let him feed some pigs. Y'all get this? It, that, that so he 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 built a relationship with the farmer, and in that relationship. He said, man, won't you let me go feed your pigs? And, and it wasn't an easy sale. He had to convince him to let him feed his pigs. Now, if the farmer was interested in him, really, he may have asked him, to, well, where you come from? What's going on? Why are you here? You look like you ain't from this place. And if they had had a proper conversation, he might have said, man, you need to go back home. <laughs> you know, instead of sending him to go feed the pigs, he might, if he was concerned about the individual, then he might have said, the best thing for you to do is not to go feed the pig, my pigs, but for you to go back home. But sometimes people are more concerned about what's beneficial for them not what's beneficial for you. So it was beneficial for this farmer that he, feed, he fed his pigs, but it wasn't the best thing for this young man. And so sometimes we have relationships, they seem like they're helpful, but they're really keeping us down, especially when we're living outside of God's will for ourselves 
I don't know about you, but I want to have people around me who push me back to God's will for my life. And don't let me go away from God's will for my life. And don't assist me in me walking away from the God's will in my life. Don't help me go away from God's will. I, I want some people who are going to say, Robert, you, you know you need to go home. Okay? <laughs> Good you know, what, what, what you doing at the club? Not that I'm at the clubs. I'm just saying, if I was, <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was and you saw me there, I, I would expect you to tell me, Robert, go home. Okay? <laughs> Y'all understand? You know, don't, don't be like, let's go, you know, be like, Pastor, let's go dance. You know, like, you know let me get you something to drink, Pastor. Y'all you know what I'm saying? You don't want to, no. Send a brother back home. Okay, you, you want to have people in your life who, who want God's will for your life and who's going to push you to God's will for your life. And they can seem like they're trying to help you, you know, saying, you know, you, you, need, to, you need to get up and go do something. You know, instead of you sending you to, to the church, you know, they want to send you to the club, you know, and that's supposed to make, you know, you push me to God, push me to the Father as we know that this young man eventually did in order to remedy his condition. So sometimes people only cooperate with you because it's beneficial for them. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. The last time the father saw the son, he was walking away from him. Last time he saw him, he watched him time after time just get further and further away. Now he sees the sun coming closer and closer. And the father said, quick. When he heard that his son was saying, I'm committed to go a different direction, that's all he needed. He needed to hear nothing else. How eager are we to celebrate when the lost is found? 
Thank you for listening.